This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So glad we can be together again. I'd like to welcome all of you, especially in the main auditorium. Give yourselves a great big praise God hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. And I also want to welcome all of you in the theater. Give yourselves a great big praise God hand clap. And I want to welcome all of you in the Dr. Theo. Give yourselves a great big praise God hand clap. And uh, all of those in the Dr. Bev, give yourselves a big praise God hand clap. And all of you watching in the Sheila Palmer, welcome to you. Give yourselves a big hand clap. So glad we're all together. And all of you watching at home, live at home, give yourselves a big praise God hand clap. All right, this is going to be a very powerful message. Part four, the sword of the Spirit. And uh, I'm going to just briefly recap on some things to refresh your memory because they're very important issues. All right, say this. If I can control the spiritual forces in the atmosphere around me, I can control the natural realm. Okay. Notice exactly where the powers of darkness are in relation to the throne of Christ. Ephesians 1.20 God raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. All right, picture that. Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father on His throne in heaven. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that age which is to come. All right, now go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up together with Christ, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right, so we the believers are seated in Christ now on His throne on the right hand of God. Now, that's what God sees, because that's what God paid for, and that's what God accomplished. So God sees that it's a reality. As far as God's concerned, your position is in Christ far above all authority, all power and ability of, this, of the devil and, and his kingdom. You're above every power and authority there is because you are in Christ and Christ is above all of that. So as we have learnt, remember, we help God 
by carrying out His work on the earth. In fact, Christ can't do His work on the earth without us. He cannot do His work on earth without the church. Christ is the head. We are His body. Christ will never be able to do His work apart from His body, apart from us. The head never operates without its body, just like you do not operate without your body. And we can never have success in any area of life without Christ. Yes, He can't succeed without us, but we definitely cannot succeed without Him. Ephesians 1.22 And God put all things under Christ's feet and gave Christ to be head over all things to the church. Say this, Christ is a gift to us, which is Christ's body. Now I say that we are Christ's body. All right? Now the same verse in the New Living Translation God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made Christ head over all things for the benefit of the church. Said that God did all that for our benefit. Say this, Christ died for my benefit. Say this, Christ was buried for my benefit. Christ went to the fires of hell for three days for my benefit. Christ rose for my benefit. Christ is seated in heaven for my benefit. God gave Christ all this authority for my benefit. He didn't need all that. He had all that. He came as a man, conquered Satan, reversed what Adam did in the Garden of Eden and put us back in charge of all the work of his hands. We don't have to wrestle with the forces of darkness. We don't have to use our own strength struggling in our own ability to wrestle against the forces of darkness. God desperately wants us to exercise our authority by using the name of Jesus so that God can deal with the demons and evil spirits who try and carry out their plans on the earth. Satan and demons have a plan to bring about a one world government and put somebody in charge called the Antichrist. He will rule the world and turn the human race into slavery, into slaves. Now, this sounds like a far-off figment of somebody's imagination. It's not. It's clearly explained in the Bible, in Old and New Testament. And the forces of darkness are at work. There are very powerful people in this world today who are controlling things, who are controlling the governments of the world. And they have moved tremendously for hundreds of years. And the climax of their plan is about 
to come to pass. The only thing stopping this from happening is the Holy Spirit, Michael the Archangel, the church, and the angels. We are holding him back. And when the rapture happens, he will have full access to everybody on the earth left behind to implement his plan completely. I do believe Jesus is coming very, very soon. And we are seeing a rapid movement now in this world by the Antichrist to take away our freedoms, little by little, but now it's becoming much by much. So we as a church must understand how to use the sword of the Spirit because we right now are the ones God's depending on to stop the Antichrist and the devil so that more souls can be saved. You can't expect governments to do this. You can't expect armies to do this. No one can deal with the demonic spirits in the atmosphere around us except the church. Put your angels to work. When we use the name of Jesus, then the forces of God's ability go into action. Our job on earth is to enforce the victory that Christ won through his death, burial, and resurrection. His victory belongs to us. He did it for us. We are to live in that victory. We are to walk in that victory. Experience that victory. It cannot be done without understanding our authority and applying our authority. We are to ride the wave of his victory. Not one single time in the New Testament did God ever tell the church to ask him to chase the devil for us. I want to say that again. You won't find any scripture in the New Testament where God says, pray and I will change, chase the devil for you. There's no place that says God will chase the devil for us in the New Testament. God told the believer to do something about the devil. The reason is because you have authority over the devil. The least newest member of the body of Christ has the same authority over Satan as anyone else in the body of Christ. Jesus has done all he's ever going to do about the devil. The next time God does anything about the devil is when he puts him in the bottomless pit during the millennium, millennium reign of Christ. Remember, spiritual authority is very much like natural authority. Spiritual authority, for example, is like natural, uh, natural authority. My car right now is in my garage. And I have the keys. And you have no authority over my car. Your car right now is in the parking lot outside the church building. If you're at church, that is. 
and you have the keys. And I have no authority over your car. So natural authority and spiritual authority are very similar. For example, we can make the devil stop his attacks against us. When he comes through other people, we can command the devil to stop harassing us through those people in the name of Jesus, and the demons will listen, and those people will change. But you can't always cast devils out of other people unless they give you permission to cast the demon out because they open the door for the devil to go in. And until they close that door, the devil has a legal right to be there. They gave the devil the legal right to be there. And you can't overrule their will. You can overrule the devil's will, but he'll just tell you, I have permission from Fred Bloggs to be here. You can't tell me to leave. And he's right. But if Fred Bloggs says, cast this devil out, I don't want him anymore, I repent, I close the door, you can cast out the devil. James 4, 7. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All right? Here clearly God tells you to resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So you do that with the name of Jesus. You say, Satan and demons, I resist you. You will not steal my finances in the name of Jesus. I resist you. You will not take my job, my employment away. In the name of Jesus, I resist you. Uh, you will not harass me through these people. In the name of Jesus, I resist you. And you can talk to what's going on in the nation, and you can say, Satan and demons, you spirit of Antichrist, we as Christians resist you. In the name of Jesus, you will not implement this or that or do this or that in our nation. We resist you in Jesus' name. Don't pray, ask God to stop the devil from doing the stuff he's doing in the country, passing bad laws. You talk to the demon spirits and tell them, we resist you. You will not do that in South Africa. This authority is yours, whether you feel like it or not. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Your feelings have got nothing to do with the accuracy of the Word of God. God's Word says it. Jesus said, my word will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. No, your feelings have got nothing to do with the authority that's invested in that name of Jesus. Peter the Apostle, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us what to do when Satan tries to attack us. By the way, let's just go back to James 4-7 here for a moment. Therefore, submit to God. Notice those words? What does that mean? That means be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. That means don't live in sin when God doesn't want us to, because you can't resist the devil then. The devil's not going to run away when you're living, playing games in his backyard. He's going to tell you, hey, we're buddies. I'm not leaving. <laughs> but... You know, but if you're living for God, uh, you can 
Resist the devil and he will flee. That doesn't mean you're a perfect Christian. Not by any means. But don't walk away from God and go live for the devil and expect the devil to listen to you. All right. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now some folks read it this way. Be vigilant because the devil is a roaring lion and he's coming to devour me. It didn't say he is a roaring lion. It says he walks about like one, impersonating one. He thinks he's one. He's a little confused. Verse 9, what are you supposed to do about that? Resist him steadfast in the faith. Put up your shield of faith, say, I resist you, Satan. Use the sword of the Spirit, say, I bind you, Satan. The NIV translation says it this way. Be careful, watch out for attacks from Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry roaring lion looking for some victim to tear apart. Stand firm when he attacks. So you say to him, Mr. Devil, I resist you in the name of Jesus. You may not hurt me. He's looking for somebody that he may attack, looking for some victim to tear apart. He not He's not allowed to attack you because you don't resist him in the name of Jesus. Yes, we are to resist him steadfast with our faith. He did not say, lie down and play dead. Just, just imagine the devil is not harassing you and he'll go away. He's not going away. He's not going away. Don't lie down and play dead. He's not going away. Don't put your head in the sand like an ostrich. And hope that the devil will not see you. Some Christians will never learn to exercise faith for themselves. Just a fact. Some Christians will never learn to exercise faith for themselves. That, if I could explain what that looks like. It's like an adult who has never learned to feed themselves. They still depend on their mom their mother, to feed them. We ought to learn how to use our faith. We ought to learn how to use our authority. James says, you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Peter says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Paul says in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. In other words, Satan cannot take a place in your life unless you give him permission to take a place. That's why Ephesians 4.27 says, don't give the devil any place. It's up to you if you give him place or not. Jesus gave this kind of authority to his disciples before they were even born again. The 12 disciples that followed Jesus whenever he went, wherever he went, None of them were born again. And Jesus said this in Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name they'll cast out demons. Jesus said, those who believe will cast out demons in my name. Now, he said, go preach to them. If they believe, they can cast out demons. Hmm. So this was the very first sign that followed baby Christians. A baby Christian, you just preach to them, they get saved, accept Jesus, and Jesus said, he can cast out a demon. That was the first sign that he could do as a brand new believer. Mark 9, verse 38. Now John answered Jesus, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow us. All right. So the disciples come to Jesus. We, thought, we saw somebody casting out demons in your name, but he doesn't follow us. He's not in our crowd. He's not in the end crowd. He doesn't hang out with the MMVC, the main man of what counts. He doesn't hang out with us, so we told him, hey, listen, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. That's just for us. But Jesus said, do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. So Jesus said, leave him. Let him carry on casting out demons. So here is an unsaved man. He was never given authority to use the name of Jesus. He did not follow Jesus' teachings. And yet demons were coming out when he used the Lord's name. Demons are coming out when you use the Lord's name. You see, we've got to understand this, that the name of Jesus has that authority all by itself. It's not about you. It's about the name. You see, a good man and an evil man can use a gun. And the name of Jesus is a weapon, and you can use that name. And that name will work for whoever uses it. Romans 5, 17. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The Amplified says it this way. Reign as kings in life through the one Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. The Anointed One. So we are to reign over circumstances like a king. We are to reign over poverty and disease and everything else that opposes the word of God. We reign by Jesus Christ in this life according to the word of God. And if we understand our authority, church, we can push back the forces of darkness and the spirit of Antichrist and stop him in his tracks and the rapture can come and then the devil can have this world. All right, 
We are supposed to be winning souls. That's what this is all about. We use the name of Jesus to hold back the forces of darkness so we can claim people into the kingdom of Christ. Command the devil to leave Joseph's thinking, Mary Lou's thinking, Fred Bloch's thinking, and claim them in the name of Jesus. All right. I've got a few stories to share with you. In 1995, you may remember, if you were here with us at the time, that Lester Summerall came to speak at Christian Family Church, CFC Johannesburg. And uh, when he was here, he told us a story. <clears throat> Something happened in 19, during the 1950s when Lester Summerall was ministering in the Philippines. There was a totally insane woman locked in a padded cell in the lunatic asylum. And uh, there was an invisible monster biting this woman inside the cell. You could see teeth marks appear on her body with saliva around the teeth marks. All over her body, they disappear. And when they attack, when this monster, this invisible monster attacked her, she would scream out hysterically in pain. And everybody could see it who stood at the bars of the cell. And they were so distraught by this that the mayor put out an article in the newspaper back in the 50s appealing to the public was there anybody who could help this woman? So Lester Summer was a missionary to the Philippines at that time. So he went to see the man and says, I can help that woman. That's a demon. I can cast it out. But if I get her free, I want you to give me the key of the city so I can preach a revival to the whole city. Will you give me permission to do that? And he said, yes. So he fasted for three days and nights. He drank only water. And then he went to that lunatic asylum. They opened the door and let him in and locked the door. They can see him from the outside. When he went in, a man spoke through that woman, a man's voice, and said, I know who you are, Lester Sumrall. I am now going to kill you. And Lester said to this demon, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. And that demon threw that woman around and came out of that woman. She was set free. So Lester Sumrall was given the freedom of the city. And he had great crusades because this was in the papers, in the news of what happened. And they came by the thousands to hear him preach. He led them to Christ. And many years later, David Summerall, his nephew, pastors that church. I know David well. I'm on Dr. Cho's board with him. And um, they have 20,000 people in that church. That revival started by casting that demon out of that woman. You see how natural circumstances 
was changed by dealing with the demonic spirits in the atmosphere around us. Holding back a revival, the demons were holding back a revival in the Philippines, but they took back, he, he took authority over those demons. And the church, people came swarming in to that church and got saved in those revivals. Back in 1996, in the early hours of the morning, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I was awakened suddenly with a tremendous burden to pray. I did not want to wake up Pastor Biff, so I went downstairs to the lounge. I knelt on the tiled floor, put my elbows in the settee, and I began to pray in the spirit. This heaviness, this sadness, this grief, like somebody was dying. So I committed that to the Holy Spirit and began to pray. Then after a while, I said to the Holy Spirit, who am I praying about? What am I praying for? And I just knew I'm praying for Jacques, our youth pastor. So I called his name and began to pray for him. From 2 o'clock all the way through to sunrise at about 6 o'clock, I prayed for him. And the burden lifted. I sensed joy and peace come into my heart. I knew everything was fine. So that morning... I was in my car, reversing out of the garage to go and work out, go and exercise at the gym. When, before I could open the electronic gate, suddenly it opened. And in came a car and parked next to me, and I saw it was Jacques, the youth pastor. So I asked him to come and join me in my car. He got in, opened the car door, and he got inside. I said to him, Jacques, I said, the devil's going to try and kill you. Satan's going to try and kill you. I told him what happened. And I said, don't be concerned. I've already prayed through on this matter, and I've bound Satan. You will be protected by the Lord. And the reason I'm telling you about this is so that you can be alert without being afraid. Be alert without being afraid. So I exercised, that was the Friday. The Sunday night after church, Jacques dropped somebody at their home, and he was coming home along the N3 freeway, past Bedford View, in the pouring rain, when his little Beetle car, VW, spun out on the freeway for no reason. And it stopped facing the oncoming traffic, and the car stalled. So cars are flying by, blowing the hooters on both sides of him. And uh, so he turned the steering wheel, got out of his car, left the door open, and went to the back and pushed the car off of the freeway. Then he got in the car, and he started the car and drove home. So I wonder why he didn't try and start the car when it was parked on the freeway why push the car off the freeway? Here cars are flying by in the pouring rain. He's pushing the car from behind, and cars are missing him by inches. So he gets home. I don't know anything about that. And he phones me and tells me the story. So I said to him, Shock, were you not afraid? He said, you know, Pastor Theo, he says, I wasn't afraid, not even the slightest while I was pushing my car off that freeway. 
because I remember what you told me, that you prayed and bound Satan, and I knew I was going to be safe. But now that I'm home, my knees are having fellowship. I'm shaking to thinking about what happened. So, here's the thought to remember. We bound Satan. We prayed in the Holy Ghost, took charge in the realm of the Spirit, and that prevented a young man from dying on the middle of the N3 freeway. We can change the natural circumstances by dealing with the spiritual realm. Approximately 1992, Pastor Bev and I took a tour to Israel and Egypt from Johannesburg CFC. And um, by the grace of God, just before we we're about to leave, somebody came to see me and said, I have a story to tell you because I heard you're going to Egypt. And he said, I was on a tour. We went to Egypt, and we pulled up outside the pyramids, and hawkers gathered around the bus to sell us trinkets. And one particular hawker insisted on selling a scarab beetle, a scarab beetle, spelled S-C-A-R, A-B, to uh, one of the people on the tour. And uh, this young man said, no, I, I don't want that. I'm not interested in it. And he tried to pressurize him to buy this scarab beetle. And eventually he said, you can have it for free. He took the man's hand, put it in his hand, and closed the man's hand. And he held on to it, got on the bus, the tour left, that, the pyramids. As they drove away, this man had a fit. He began to chew his tongue. His eyes rolled back in his head, and foaming came out, foam came out of his mouth. So they were all Christians. They jumped on him and began to cast out this demon, and they weren't succeeding. Then somebody noticed his fist was clenched and opened it, and there was the carabiel. They threw it out the window, and then the the demon came out when it commanded to leave. And the man came to his senses. And his wife said he had never had an attack like that in his life. And he never had one again. So, we went on that tour. And I instructed all the people, told them the story. And when we got to Egypt, yes, they tried to sell us stuff. But we said, no, thanks. We refused to take it on the bus. We didn't touch anything. When we went to the Egyptian uh, museum, the museum of the Pharaoh, we noticed that on the actual Pharaoh's throne in the museum, scarab beetles all over the throne stuck on it. And in several places that we went to in Egypt, we noticed the scarab beetle. So here's the thing. We cannot open the door to the devil. We have no authority over him if we do. But close the door and he will listen. So they took authority over the demonic spirits and the man stopped having that fit. All right.
Well, we're going to continue with this next weekend, part five. And uh, we got a lot of great stories to share with you. And we're going to wrap up the teaching. Don't miss part five. And if you haven't seen part one, two, and three, you can watch it on demand. I encourage you to go back and watch it on demand. God bless you. We love you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Thea, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven when I die. If that's you, wherever you are sitting, slip your hand up quickly and take it down. I'm going to pray a prayer now, and God will speak to your heart and let you know that you will go to heaven. All right. Say this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to the cross. He paid the penalty for my sins so I can be forgiven. Come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I declare you are the Lord of my life. Praise God. I am now a believer. I'm saved, bound for heaven. God loves you. We love you. Pastor Bev and I are looking forward to coming to South Africa soon. All the best to you. Till next week. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 